New York Artists Collective. Hi there and welcome to the New York Artists Collective podcast this next one's about. My name is Stephanie Manns and today's guest is Common Jack, otherwise known as John Gardner, singer-songwriter living right here in New York City, here to talk about his latest song, Canyons in the Dark. So John Gardner of Common Jack, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. You are John Gardner of Common Jack. So what is Common Jack exactly? I guess Common Jack is just the name that I make music under just because I think I've got a really boring name for a musician. <laughs> <laughs> when I when I was writing and I was I was starting to record um, and kind of having that conversation with myself about what I would call this project, I just kept feeling like my given name, it belongs to some sort of baseball player or something like that. You know, like it, I needed something else to call myself. So my parents almost named me Jack and I've always had an affinity to that name. Um, there's something I've always liked about the word common, um, making it for for the people, for the broader, for something, somebody other than myself. Um, so I just thought, why don't I just stick those two words together and have it be it. Okay, yeah. that's interesting. In the UK, I was thinking of it another way because Jack is almost quite a common name. So I thought it was just any mm. common Jack type thing. Oh, that's cool. Oh, I like that. Oh, okay. Well, that could be your well, new story. That's the new story. That's yeah, the new thank story. you. Great. <laughs> um, so you've just released a new single, mm-hmm. Canyons in the Dark. Mm-hmm. And that came out in June. Well, the actual single came out at the very end of March. Um, and it's part of a, a larger EP that came out in June. Also so that's called the, Canyons yes, in the Dark. Yes, <laughs> the title track. Yep. But June is, is basically the release date. For cool. It. We'll go with that. Yeah. Good stuff. We're going to play that in, in just a moment. But why don't you tell me a bit more about uh, the song, how you wrote it. How did, how did it come to be? So I, uh, it's actually the first song that I ever wrote to myself. Eight or nine months ago was when I started writing it. And at the time I was having a really um, kind of difficult personal time and I was, I was suffering from a lot of anxiety and which was leading me to, a, you know, having a lot of trouble sleeping. And so there was lots of long nights where I was just kind of like spent pacing around or sitting on my couch or whatever it was. And one night I was just kind of fiddling around on my guitar and, and just this line came to my head, which was, I know it's getting hard. There's so much you're holding in. And there's something about that lyric that kind of really caught my attention. And that night I ended up writing the first verse and the chorus to Canes in the Dark. And it just kind of stuck. And I decided this would, this would be a great way to kind of maybe uh, have this kind of conversation with myself about what's going on. And then it just kind of went from there. How difficult was it to have that conversation with yourself to be sort of honest? And you say that you wrote part of it that night and then the rest of it another night. How easy do you find it to do that in terms of, you know, setting down something initially and then coming back to it and and really picking that up? I think that's always just kind of been the way that I've worked. I, there've been a, a couple songs that I've written that have just kind of been the, you know, ideal situation where you just sit down and write it in 15 minutes. And then it's done. Isn't that great? Yeah, I wish it could always be like that. <laughs> it just, it would make songwriting actually fun. Mm. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it, I've always kind of needed a lot of time to let things marinate, I guess, um, to kind of turn the idea over in my head subconsciously and consciously. Um, so it, it felt very kind of run of the mill for me writing the rest of the song. Although it did happen relatively quickly after that, I would say within the next two or three days, I had the song finished and was on the phone with my producer about getting in the studio. But um, yeah, it's just always kind of been the way I've worked. And Canyons in the Dark, does that mean, is that sort of to signify personal war under the surface? No, it's just kind of what that period of my life felt like. It felt like I was trying to climb the Grand Canyon in the middle of the night 
in my daily life, I kind of found myself saying this mantra over and over again, which is just keep going, keep putting one foot in front of the other, even though you can't really see where you're going. So that's kind of where the idea for the name of the song came from. Okay, well, let's take a listen to Common Jack and Canyons in the Dark. I know it's getting hard, there's so much you're holding in. And your heart is feeling fragile when the night is closing in. Still I stand by what I said, there's no other place to start.
So John, that was Canyons in the Dark. And I said to you earlier, I thought it, it reminded me of um, the Big Little Lies theme song. Which I love so much. It's such a compliment because I, I love all of the music on that show. Whoever the music supervisor is, is amazing. Mm. It has really, really good taste. Um, and we we were like, who is that? And we just looked it up and it was Michael Kiewanika. Yeah, yeah. Um, whom I've admired for a couple of years, and I actually used to have the same PR guy as him, which I and I need to get him back. <laughs> obviously, <laughs> obviously. But just in terms of, um, we could just talk about that for a second. In terms of uh, music supervision and, and placements and stuff, have you ever managed to have something placed? Um, yeah, actually, uh, one of my one of my good friends that I worked on a web series with a long time ago. Um, he's now working. Doing a lot of audio engineering at Gimlet Studios, which does a lot of podcasts and things like that. But every now and then he'll do music supervision for indie uh, movies and documentaries and things on the side. And um, he actually placed one of our songs in a in a documentary that I think was coming out on PBS. Uh, I'll have to check with him to see if that's still the case. But that's the only placement so far. Uh, it's definitely something that we're my distributors and I are working on really hard because I just think that's it's. it's it would be so cool to hear one of our songs in a TV show or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's also a really, well, one, it's a good revenue stream, mm-hmm. I think, for one thing. I know an artist who more or less exclusively does that. Really? Yeah. That's cool. But yeah, so I, like, I know a lot of artists do exclusively do that because the, the money is a lot better than trying to make it sort of by yourself, going to the shows, you know, trying to be touring seen and, and, stuff. and yeah, yeah. Doing oh, like stuff. the hard graft as we kind of see it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's no, I mean, it's, 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 great you get it to a lot of people really quickly mm-hmm. it's it's a wonderful way to yeah i mean the together. right the right placement can be a, a total game changer mm. we will be doing a mini series on that <laughs> so just stay tuned Perfect. let's talk a bit more about you and uh what started uh common jack and where you sort of started as a songwriter so you um started off or not necessarily started off but a couple of years ago you did a two-year tour with the Broadway show once. Yes. Is that correct? Yes, that's... Um, so I actually have a degree in acting um, from college. And shortly after I graduated, I ended up getting the job with once and leaving for, yeah, about two years. And I, I had always said in college that if if music ever became kind of a possibility, I think I would leave acting. And once, um, for those who, who may not know, is a, it's technically a musical, but it's a musical without an orchestra because the actors are the orchestra. And when you're not in a scene, you are just sitting on stage adding the music to either atmospheric music or actually just playing the song to the show. And that was, I took that as the universe sign, universe's sign that this is your chance because mm-hmm. I was now surrounded by all these amazing musicians. And we were luckily on a, a really good touring schedule where we sat down for a long time in these cities and I said you know we're going to DC for six weeks and uh, while we're there we're going to record a record and that's where Common Jack kind of came to be. Was once a film before it was a Broadway show? Yes it was was an indie film that came out in 2006 starring Glenn Hansard and Marquetta Urglova. Um, And it's currently on Netflix I believe. It is oh great I'll have to I haven't watched it in a bit so I'll have to revisit because I, I loved that movie in high school mm-hmm. actually Falling Slowly was one of the first songs I ever learned how to play on the guitar you were still in high school in 2006? yeah oh dear lord I'm older yeah. than I'm so old carry on <laughs> carry on um, so yeah it, it was it was really kind of a natural fit when they created the stage show because luckily for me I walked into the audition knowing all the music kind of already so and so 
after you decided you were going to go into music versus, and it was obviously wonderful that you managed to do a musical which in, in, involved both of those skills, mm-hmm. um, you started Common Jack, you were recording, and sort of left acting behind and started your musical journey in New York? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, we finished the tour in December of 2015. In January, when I moved back to New York, I basically turned down every audition that came my way and just started the... Uh, started the long slog in the music industry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and what's your experience been like as a solo artist slash band? I know you are Common Jack as well as you are sort of John Gardner, who is Common Jack. It's sort of a... <laughs> it's so like, meta. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> this is going to sound really bad, but I don't mean it in a bad way. It's really lonely. Being, I think being a, a songwriter and, you know, even if you have this amazing community around you, which, which many of us are lucky enough to have, it requires... Um, because you're you're not you're not ex- you're not waiting for somebody to give you a job where then you go and you're part of a a musical or a play or whatever it is where you're just kind of told where to go. There's especially nowadays with the streaming age and the way the kind of upheavals that we're seeing in the music industry, there are no more rules. It's kind of like a a wild west kind of thing that's happening right now. So you really have a lot of freedom, which is great, but also can be paralyzing if you allow it to be. Um, which certainly I've I've fallen into that trap myself. When you say paralyzing, and just for for those listening at home, what does that mean? Um, and what drives it? There are there are so many ways that you can have a career in music, but it's just it's just really hard. There's there's no rule book. There's no. I think coming from acting school, I always knew like well. If I do this, then this will happen. And if I do this, then this will happen. And I go to X number of auditions. Eventually, I'll, you know, make inroads with casting directors and, and that'll happen. And that doesn't, that, in my experience at least, that doesn't exist in, in music. Do you mean in terms of acting, it's more like film, television, theater? Yeah. And in music, it's like... And you kind of know where to go and what to do, mm-hmm. at least. Um, you know where the auditions are and, and they post backstage posts where the auditions are or if you have your your agent they get you in the door or whatever it is in in music it, it kind of feels a way more free form at least which is nice but also can be difficult um so i think for me with the way i took that was just i'm going to record as much as i possibly can as much as i can possibly afford i'm going to put out music and just meet as many people as i can just kind of see where that takes me and how have you found so, sorry how long have you been in new york uh, so I, I technically moved here in 2012, but I left for a while with once. So I, I've moved back. I've been back permanently since 2016. So, so I'd say that's a good amount of time to kind of find your feet, find your, your people, find your band. Mm-hmm. Um, what was that like for you in terms of finding those people? How do you find the music community in New York? I found mine through my, my producer, who's this amazing, amazing producer and songwriter down in Brooklyn named Harper James. Um, oh, DeGraw Sands. DeGraw, yeah. DeGraw. Yeah, so DeGraw has kind of become my home base. So for me, everything kind of leads from DeGraw. Like, I I met a lot of the people who play with, with Common Jack through Harper. I met a lot of people through Erica uh, Swindell, who plays with Common Jack as well, who's one of my best friends in the world. Yeah, so I think it, for me, was about once, when I met, for example, when I met Harper, we really hit it off and we really got along personally, and we also really clicked professionally and, and artistically. And so for me, that I was... In my mind, I said, well, I'm sure that Harper has like-minded people that are his friends. Let me be friends with his friends. And then from there, it just kind of sprouted out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, I hear you. And what is, uh, so what is the biggest challenge that you find as an independent artist in New York or just in general? Cutting through the noise. There are so many bands <laughs> and there are so many people doing this, which is great. I mean, that's, 
one of the nice things about living in the 21st century is that making music is way cheaper and way more accessible than it ever was. Institutions like Spotify and kind of dropping costs in recording equipment and things like that have really kind of democratized making music and being an artist, which is amazing. But it also means there's a whole lot of white noise. I would say the same about podcasts. I can I can imagine. Um, yeah, so I think that's been the hardest thing for me is uh, just finding a way to kind of set yourself apart. My, my dad, I grew up in Virginia, and my dad is, is one of those guys that like, I, and I'm very grateful for this, but it's just kind of very cringy sometimes. He's, he's the guy that if he ever meets anybody who does anything in the music industry, he's always like, well, my son does this thing in this band, like, can you help him out? Which is amazing. And he actually ended up one time meeting Bruce Hornsby's manager. And he was like, do you think Bruce would like talk to John? And his manager was like, absolutely not. Like, <laughs> like absolutely not. But he, he asked him some questions and my dad said, do you have any advice? And this manager said, at all costs, he needs to find something that makes him different. And that's it. So I think that kind of really speaks to where things are at right now, where there's a hundred of every type of band you could possibly imagine. And then there's a hundred types of other bands that you haven't imagined. Um, so finding a way to kind of, I keep coming back to the phrase, but cut through the noise. In terms of that manager's advice, find a way to be different. Have you found your way to be different? Um, if you if you were in an elevator and you met Bruce Hornsby's manager and you were having this three minute elevator pitch, and he said, "What's your what's your USP? What's your unique selling point?" I would say, I would say I'm a recovering mediocre Americana musician, and what I mean by that is when I finished once and when I started this band. I didn't realize it at the time, but I was really putting myself in a box by, by calling myself like, this is my sound. I am an Americana musician. So therefore, that brings with it its own set of expectations. And I would say that since then, my willingness to be a little more adventurous in terms of production techniques and the way that we, we record music and the way that we kind of combine genres whenever we want has really opened up. This new EP, Candies in the Dark, has so many pop elements in it that I think three years ago I would have been horrified and never would have done that because like pop is a four-letter word. Whereas now I'm kind of like, that's stupid. <laughs> Why would I ever think that? Because pop music's amazing. Um, why don't I borrow from all sorts of different amazing artists who are maybe not this very strict definition of what I think I am? Um, and I think that it's because of that willingness to be adventurous and kind of have fun with it again, it's not actually surprising to me that this EP is the one that has resonated with listeners the most. Because I think it sounds the most like me, mm -hmm. instead of me trying to wear to fit some into version of box. me. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. yeah. No, I hear that. If that makes any sense. You've just find a way to be more authentically you yeah. as a yeah. brand. Yeah, and it's adulthood is kind of more broadly like adulthood is just like relearning how to be yourself after society has kind of like heaped all of these constrictions on you throughout school and throughout what you have to do with your career and like all this kind of stuff. Um, so I think part of it has just been kind of unshackling myself from those kind of narrow definitions. Two final questions. So what is the best way for people to support you? And we mentioned this earlier. Is it following you on Spotify? Is it streaming the hell out of things? Is it following you on Instagram and commenting and liking stuff? Um, is it your Facebook? What is it? What does it mean for you? I mean, the short answer is all of the above. But I think generally, just getting just getting involved and and 
being engaged in things like that. Following on Instagram is really great. Uh, listening on Spotify and following on Spotify is really great because um, following an artist on Spotify, actually clicking that little button informs the all-powerful algorithm what to do with you. Oh, the algorithm. <laughs> the algorithm. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't ever want to tell people how to consume music. I hate that I just used that word. How to listen to music, how to, you know, because it's art. You get, you get, the great thing about it is you get to do with it what you want. It is, but you bring up a good point. It is about consuming. I talk about this quite often about the way that people consume music mm-hmm. because we are consuming music. It's mm-hmm. a product, they consume it. So it's fine to use that word and yeah. I think we need to, it's not a dirty word, <laughs> John, we can talk about it. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it's, it's okay, don't worry about it. But, I, you know, we need to have a good relationship with the people who are consuming our music and we mm-hmm. need to tell them what it means to us and, and what the best way to consume our brand and our music is to, yeah. to better support us as musicians to continue to do this in a way yeah. that they will be able to continue to consume from us. Right. To help us make it more sustainable. Because exactly. being an indie musician is very hard. It's incredibly hard. Just showing up, whatever that means to you. I think mm-hmm. showing up is what I would say. Whether that's going to shows, buying tickets in advance, as you said earlier, instead of just showing up at the door or following and commenting and all of that good stuff. Okay. Final question. What is on your iPod, your proverbial iPod mm. right now? Gosh, it's hard to narrow it down. Can I say like three or four artists? Yes. Okay, perfect. So I'll list them all right in a row. Adam Melcher, Mount Joy... Henry Jamison and the Japanese House. They're all indie artists who I am I'm obsessed with all of them. Adam Melcher and Mountain Joy are both uh, based out of LA, I think, right now. Um, they're just, they're all really good songwriters. Um, Henry Jamison is uh, an amazing guy who blends folk and like pop in a way that I think it is really, really compelling. Um, and the Japanese House is. A British woman, I'm forgetting her name now, um, she's kind of, this year is kind of her breakout year. She signed with the same management company and the same record label as the 1975. So if you're a fan of that kind of sound, the Japanese house is like right along a similar line. Um, and she's she's amazing. For how young she is, she um, has an amazing perspective and kind of speaks with an age that I think is is kind of astounding because I think she's like 19 or 20 I don't know all four of those artists are amazing okay yeah John would you be so kind as to curate um a Spotify playlist of course I would love to wonderful I look forward to to hearing that Mm -hmm. and hearing who is in your head um but anyway John it's been such a pleasure having you on the podcast thank you so much for coming thank you so much I'm super excited to see you perform at Rock of Music Hall September 28th alongside Cassie Andrews and Frank Bell yes I can't wait yeah it's going to be a great show Okay, well, we'll see you then. But John, thank you once again. Really enjoy this chat. Thank you so much. The wonderful and very lovely John Gardner. And if you want to see John perform, he is playing with the New York Artist Collective September 28th alongside Frank Bell and Cassidy Andrews. You can get tickets from newyorkartistcollective.com or if you follow us on Instagram at New York Artist Collective, tickets are in our bio there. If you've enjoyed this podcast, why not give us a follow or a like or whatever you like to do? Um, Please follow us on Instagram at New York Artists Collective. My name is Stephanie Manns. Next week's guest is Cassidy Andrews, and she is here to talk about her latest track ahead of performing with the New York Artists Collective. So don't miss it. New York Artists Collective.